Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the table. It is hard to believe. Uh, here we are halfway through 2020. And my, what a year. Can't wait for the sequel of the second half of this year. Uh, but we're here today uh, with uh, a new friend of mine. His name is Jay Payleitner. And Jay, welcome to Redemption's Table. Well, Roger, I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to this next half hour or so. And maybe we can, uh, maybe we can move some mountains. What do you think? I think so. I'm going to say one thing real quick, and it's, it's funny. Uh, my name is Robert, and, and everybody, I'm telling you, everybody calls me Roger. <laughs> I mean, I must look like a Roger. <laughs> uh, you know what? Should, should we start over? No, we're good. It's, oh, it's funny. Hey, um, I, had uh, a, I had one of my good, fr- good friends call me Roger back on the podcast, and I was like. <laughs> well, um. Well, you can call me Jay, you can call me Ray, just don't call me late for dinner, okay? How about there, that? There we go. Hey, man, you're an author, you're a speaker, copywriter, producer, and how long have you been writing? Well, um, I was on Michigan Avenue in Chicago doing uh, copywriting. I did TV commercials for airlines and grocery stores and for uh, Corona beer, and, uh, uh, and then God called me, maybe because I got fired from a couple jobs. But uh, uh, God called me to uh, to uh, to produce and write uh, Christian radio programs, I, um, and for lots of organizations. For for the Josh McDowell Ministry, I produced Josh McDowell Radio for years, fourteen years. With Chuck Colson, I did a bunch of radio with him. Um, for the National Center for Fathering, I co-wrote four thousand scripts for today's father. So wow. that's why I learned to polish it, write short, and get to the point and. And you have some takeaways and not just blah, 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 but get to a point, a takeaway that makes sense. And, and that has translated into my books, which are more than 25 books. And uh, it's been a privilege and something different every week, it seems like. Wow, 25 books. That's awesome. Is yeah. writing a calling or is that something that came naturally or just it, it just evolved out of? I, I think it came naturally. I remember I would turn in my first drafts in high school and college you know, never proofread anything, and I'd still get B pluses and A minuses. So once I started polishing and editing myself, boy, I was actually it came pretty well. So I think it was a gift even before I knew Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing was a gift, and then when the Holy Spirit entered my life, that uh, uh, turned into something that that I could use to glorify God and draw people to the kingdom. 
and I'm getting preaching now, so I apologize for that. That's all right. You've got a lot of intriguing titles. I was looking over some of them. Uh, what if God wrote your to-do list? That's intriguing. What if God wrote your bucket list? I like that. Uh, and then you sent me a copy of a book, actually two books. Uh, one we're about to talk, talk about and unpack here in just a moment. You also sent me a copy of a book called The Jesus Dare. And what caught my attention about that, 10 years ago, I wrote a book called The Jesus Test. And very similar in format. And I'll, I'll tell you, I like your title better than my title. Well, uh, we both have to take that test. Everybody listening today and needs to take that test or that dare. Uh, and uh, I, my, my goal for that book was a book that even if I don't feel like I can feel very evangelistic today, I could hand somebody that book and say, hey, I thought of you, saw this book, thought of you, give it to him and walk away because the gospel was all in there. Is that how the Jesus test your book works also? Yeah, it's, it's introducing someone to Jesus for 30 days. If he's yeah. who he says, if he's who he claimed to be, which I believe and know that he is, it would behoove every person to, you know, if he's the way, the truth, the life, it behoove every person to find out a little bit more about him because he said no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, let's challenge all the listeners to go ahead and, and pick up a copy of the Jesus test and the Jesus Dare, and decide which one they like best. Is that a good challenge for your listeners? That's great. They can get your book a lot easier than mine, because I, I think I'm just about out of books. So I'm going to just say, go straight to the Jesus Dare. I have always responded to the Dare. It's something about a dare. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, right. that's right down my alley. That's uh, talking my language there. Well, man, we're here to talk about your latest book, The Prayer of is Agur. Is, how do you say Agur? Um, this guy, this character in the Bible is so obscure that nobody even knows how to pronounce his name. I've talked to Bible scholars and I've been on, online looking for how to pronounce, it's spelled A-G-U-R, but I've been saying it agar, kind of rhymes with bagger, the prayer of agar, but I'm not sure that's right, even though I wrote the book um, and no one's been arguing with me since. So the prayer of agar, A-G-U-R is the name of the book, and uh well, I'm, I, I came across this verse. I was listening to a speaker someplace, and he threw this, this, this prayer out. And it's like, wait a second, what is that? And, you know, it, it happens to all of us. You, you come, you're reading, and you come across a piece of scripture that really speaks to you. And you go, what is that? Say that again. And it kind of changes you. And, and that was this prayer of Agur in, in Proverbs 30. That, um, that I, and I knew I had to write the book. I just knew I had to write the book, and, uh, and I did. And it came out pretty well, actually. Yeah, I've read it. Uh, you sent it to me, and I just finished it uh, early early this morning. <laughs> and it's a good read, uh, and uh, you know, very very well put together. I like your succinctness. Uh, so you know, you can probably read the book. And uh, I I move kind of slow because I don't want to don't want to miss anything. So about a couple of hours is what it took me overall. Maybe th close, maybe three. But uh, good 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 work. Congratulations. Yeah, there, thank you. There is a niche for books you can read in an evening. Sit down and just kind of take it all in and then share with the small group kind of thing. And, uh, well, let me just get into it. Uh, Proverbs, everybody knows, Proverbs has 31 chapters. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first 29 were written by, uh, 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 written by Solomon, of course, or maybe his, his minions. And then Proverbs 31 is written by King Lemuel, and a lot of people know that, especially women's ministries know that, Proverbs 31, because it talks about the wife of noble character. Yeah. But Proverbs 30, people just skip right over it. Or they, don't, they don't look at it real hard. But it's written by this one guy named Agur, 
and uh, he's kind of a quirky little character. And if you read the, you read my analysis of him, analysis, read my, uh, it was not an analysis, but if you, if you read that uh, in the last day or so, uh, uh, Robert, you know that uh, he's kind of a character. Quirky. He is. He feels like a game show host sometimes and kind of uh, uh, calls himself, I, I, I don't know, God, he's, he's too big for me to know. And then, yeah, and I get to know him and he's just, uh, and uh, I, I loved him. And yeah. I had to, like I said, I had to write the book. It's a good, good book. And you know, it, it, I would imagine, I picture it this way, after 29 chapters of listening to Solomon speak, and then suddenly you, you have to follow Solomon, that'd be a hard act to follow. So, uh, um, yeah, and uh, well, and also this, uh, the prayer in the middle of that chapter, Proverbs 30, is the only prayer in all in the Proverbs. The, I think really? Proverbs, it's kind of these little witty things they need to do and think about and truths and that kind of thing. But uh, the only prayer in all Proverbs, can I go ahead and read it? Uh, yes, please uh, do. Yes. All right. Uh, here it is, guys. Listen to this and see if it touches your heart. It did mine. He, he writes, this is a prayer now. Agur, he's writing this in Proverbs 30, uh, verses uh, 4 and 5. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Think about that. He goes on, but, but give me, I don't want, oh, Lord. Don't make me rich. Don't make me poor. Just give me only my daily bread. Then he goes on to explain. He says, otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may, be, I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Uh, uh, what what a, a brilliant thought. He's identified, Edgar has identified his, his weakness. Mm-hmm. He knows it's materialism kind of stuff. And he prays to live in God's sweet spot. He says, if he, he knows, he, he knows. He, if he has too much, you know, he's going to start thinking it's all about him and how great he is. And if he has too little, he may steal and dishonor God. He wants balance. Isn't that great that we don't want balance in our life? Not too much, not too little. Uh, the American dream, of course, is to have more and more and more. Uh, but there's something about this idea of just give me enough, only my daily bread. And uh, that's... Uh, and Robert, that's what appealed to me, that, that, that sense of balance and, uh, and that sweet spot that God wants us to live in, I believe. Yeah. yeah and you know, when you hear the prayer, when you read, read the prayer a second time, you're going, who prays like this? Nobody <laughs> prays like this. And yet this is a wise way, solid way to pray. Um, and, uh, and I think it applies. I mean, in Agra's case, it applied to materialism, uh, that sweet spot. Not too much, not too little. Uh, but I think it also uh, can uh, can apply to just about any other thing if you identify your own weakness. And that one of the takeaways from the book, and maybe from our conversation here today, is um, the uh, the what's what our own weakness is. If you can identify that, and it could be uh, it could be anger. Uh, or I mean, because you know sometimes you need to be angry, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't be too angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be envy or work. I mean, we got to, you know, we're going to work as a good, healthy, good, important thing. God wants us all, all kinds of scripture verses on, on working. But you know what? We can also work too much. We can also work ourselves into oblivion. Oh, food. I mean, uh, food, food to live, a good meal. It's a great thing. But we can have too much and too little of that. Uh, and, you know, that's what we do as Americans. Uh, we go to extremes, don't we? Yeah. Uh, so I guess... Uh, Robert, I would say, hey, what's your weakness? You want to want to go? Should we dig into that? What's your weakness? Oh, I can tell you, it's it's <laughs> ar- arrogance. Oh, okay. So, how would well, you apply the um, how would you pr- apply that prayer to arrogance? 
Well, for sure. Absolutely. We need to feel confident in ourselves. That's a good thing. And, and say, God, fill me up and help me go forward and do great things. I can do this through all things. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. That's a great, that's a little bit of an arrogance there. But at the same time, you get too much, uh, too much of that is going to, it's going to cause you to hit a wall and be uh, overconfident or, or obnoxious. And, but there's also too little. You don't, you know, we all know people who, well, I can't do that. I won't be able to do that. It's like, no, that's also. Eeyore. Something. There's a sweet spot <laughs> that God wants us. And you would pray, I uh, guess, if I can uh, paraphrase. I mean, uh, the prayer of Agur is give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Uh, Robert, you might pray, give me neither super arrogance where I think I'm all the best thing in the world, but also, Lord, don't make me a kind of a wimpy will weasel. Give me that sweet spot. My, give me my daily confidence in knowing you and moving forward. That's, that's a pretty good little teaching there. Nice job there, Robert. Good. We make a good team there. Good uh, set out there. <laughs> what a concept. Applying <laughs> scripture to our lives. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of sweet spot. That's actually your uh, subtitle of the book, Ancient Wisdom for Discovering Your Sweet Spot in Life. And what is a sweet spot? And what is God's sweet spot? Well, I, I, we all, I think we know what a sweet spot is. Uh, think about uh, if you're playing tennis, mm-hmm. there's a sweet spot in the racket where, where the ball flies straight and true off and goes right where you want it to. Um, there's also a, a sweet spot on, on a baseball bat. And a, mm-hmm. If you were a, a, a singer, there'd be a sweet spot. Uh, uh, boy, that song is really my sweet spot. I can, I can really nail that. Um, so that's where God, I think, wants us to live in, in our sweet spot. And that shows up other places in Scripture, of course, too. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, chapter Philippians chapter 4. Uh, that's being, he says, uh, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Think about that. Boy, wouldn't that be great? Uh, uh, Robert, uh, great. Be, be content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then here's the key to that. We, we, we know that. We know that. But you know the next, the next verse right after that is? It's uh, that um, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So being in that sweet spot of contentment, you think being content makes you lazy. Mm-hmm. No, but if you're content living in God's sweet spot with the right amount of food, the right amount of righteousness, the right amount of anger, the right amount of, of work, doing God's sweet spot, bam, you can do all things through him, through God, who gives us strength. Um, uh, that's where I want to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I know two times in my life where I'm not a golfer, but there are two times in my life <laughs> when I have actually parred a green. And it was actually the first time I played golf, the guy I was with, he had his house on the green and he was such a good instructor. And by the eighth uh, hole, the, when I teed off on the eighth hole, it was like, bam. And uh, I was listening to everything he said. It was a lot of stuff that had to take place. I've had that happen one other time where I parted green. I've also hit a baseball in the sweet spot twice in my life. I wish I'd have done that more. Uh, but it, but you know, it's like, it's almost effortless. And, yeah. but actually there is a tension in the sweet spot that, that is not tense. Uh, and that's, that's, it's, it's, it's like, I, I need to say I parted a couple of holes once, except for when that windmill comes around and hits the ball. That's when <laughs> so that's my golfing victory. Uh, there you go. That's well, most of the time, mine's a zigzag. It's it's a terrible score. It's, I'm not a golfer. <laughs> oh, right. 
But, you know, uh, that's, you know, there's, like I say, there's that tension in this too as well, and yet it's not tense. And how do you, how do you get to that point of well, uh, where that becomes the natural? Well, I think it's, uh, I think you got to remember that the joy of it and in, in, in the way that, uh, that living in God's sweet spot actually kind of takes that pressure off because everybody listen to say, listen to me, listen, God loves you just the way you are. He, he might have challenges in front of you and he wants you to do great things in his name, but he loves you just the way you are, uh, which means if you're living in his sweet spot, uh, breathing with him, living with him, that you can move forward and explore life and you can dream dreams and you're not, and you're suddenly, you're not panicking over what success or failure. Mm -hmm. um, he loves you guys. He loves you when your cup is full and overflowing or when your cup is empty. And that's kind of actually part of his plan. Uh, God isn't, uh, I, 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 Robert, I hope you know this, that God is not impressed with your Rolex watch. Yeah. He's not impressed if you, if you trade in your, your old wife for a new trophy wife, that doesn't impress him at all. He's not, um, uh, he's not impressed with your washboard abs that you get up every morning and do your, your crunches. Uh, uh, you know, he could, you could give a, a listeners here, you could give a million dollar gift to, uh, to, to sponsor Redemption's table. And God, that doesn't even impress God. Yeah. Uh, now you can do You can make the gift if you want uh, to, uh, to the barge ministry. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but that doesn't get you any more love from God. He loves yeah. you the way you are. And, uh, which is also the free, the other freeing part of that is um, it's really okay if your lawn has a few dandelions mm -hmm. and if your car has a few rough spots or if you don't get into Harvard or your kid doesn't get into Harvard, that's really okay too. Um, and uh, that's the, that's the piece being content in every situation. It's kind of what we're shooting for. And that's the prayer of, of Agra. I'm pretty confident that's what he's talking about. Um, the quirky friend named Agar who wrote that prayer uh, for you and me. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Even though, um, you know what, I, I can't relate to Moses or Abraham or, or Paul or these great heroes of the faith, but I can kind of relate to Agar. He's this kind of guy going, I'm just doing my best. Help me be my best Lord right within your sweet spot. Yeah. And I like you, you shared in the book what Agar's name means. What, what does it mean? Well, it means... Uh, 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 one of the, some of the Bible scholars say it means collector. And it's like, well, then we need to ask what does, uh, what does Agar collect? And uh, uh, I challenge your listeners here today to this uh, podcast to read all of Proverbs 30. It's very quirky and interesting. Uh, he opens by saying that he's not worthy and he's kind of ignorant. He's kind of a brute and uh, he doesn't know God. And then he asks some interesting questions and, then he goes into the prayer, but after that, he has uh, a series of lists, about five different lists that are just kind of quirky things, and maybe that's what he's collecting, is these lists, and he talks about, uh, he asks questions like, what, how, how does an eagle fly how it does, or, or how, why does, how can a snake uh, move on, on rock, and then he talks about some lizards running around castles, um, and again, that makes you think. Almost like a game show host. He has this kind of quirky uh, sense of humor. Uh, so he, I think he collects lists um, and maybe other things too. But uh, that's, what I, that's what I got out of his, uh, as, as I was again, doing, the, doing the study to make sure that I honored scripture when I wrote the book, uh, The Prayer of Anger. Yeah. Your book just released here within the last week. Is that correct? 
Uh, yeah, in June, in recent June, and uh, and it's kind of fun. I'm getting some uh, some good reviews already. That's uh, very satisfying. Very timely. How and you know you're you wrote the book how, as far as and you had no way of knowing where we would be in our country and our world when that book released. Uh, how how do you see that being so appropriate? God's planning the release of this book now. Well, uh, boy, that is a, a stunning realization and observation. Um, yeah, uh, the the book publishing process. I wrote this book a year ago. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to get the contracts going going and and to, to edit it and, and to get it printed, of course. And then it releases uh, right smack in the middle of uh, the economic downturn, the, uh, the coronavirus, the, the Black Lives Matter, uh, 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 the racial tension we have going on today. And boy, there's a sweet spot there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we need, to, uh, we need to respond to all these things. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to respond with, with great convictions. But we also need to do it in a responsible way. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm endorsing, and and I see the protests can be very honorable and moving things that make people think about new thoughts. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be smashing windows and breaking things, kind of right. thing. Right. Um, and the same with the coronavirus. We need to we need to take care of business. We keep need to keep our families safe. We also need to get out there and and, and do what we can to push the limits and 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 uh, and, and make sure that we are economically uh, uh, sound. So uh, I'm not telling anywhere, anybody where to land. I'm just saying it's a, it's a holy struggle when we find ourselves living on the extremes. We need to come back. We need to come back to that moment of, uh, of, uh, of resting in what God wants for us and finding a sweet spot. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you go to a retreat, we've all had these mountaintop experiences, but you can't stay there. No. We've got to come back to reality. We've all hit, we've all hit bottom. We're going, like, God doesn't even exist. We're, how, how could a God allow that to happen? But then you've got to come back and live in his, in his sweet spot and go, ah, yep, you know what? God's going to use it all. So the mountaintops and the, the hitting the, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel, um, there's a sweet spot that we need to come back to and say, God, I'm trusting you. You're in charge. Uh, I can be content in every situation. Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches give me only my daily bread. Uh, and if I can add to that, uh, we know uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, mm-hmm. Matthew 5, it is, right? Uh, 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 give, me my, give me my daily bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord's Prayer asks for my daily bread. This here asks for only my daily bread. Yeah. Which is even very interesting. Um, uh, think about the, uh, the Israelites in the desert. They had manna every morning. We know that story. The, mm-hmm. the manna came down every morning. And they were instructed only take enough, only gather enough for that day, because if they got greedy and grabbed more than they needed for that day, it would all rot and spoil. Um, except for on on the Sabbath, you could you could get enough for the next day, kind of double up, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but so get but Lord, what a concept! We could say, give me only my daily bread, give me only what I need, not more, not less. Give me more. Tr- give me some trouble, Lord, because I want to work it out. I want to. I want to. I want to work for you, but give me only what I can handle. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. kind of the, the, the punchline there. You know, in light of these days, the last several months, and, and my thought from very early on before everything kept, you know, it kept layering and adding new new things that we were dealing with, is this. I felt like the, there's true renewal taking place and revival. We're on the verge of it, on the precipice of it. But whenever the foundations start shaking, 
And what do we do? We're grabbing. And, and there's kind of like a grab to, I want to be in charge when everything kind of the dust settles. And uh, it's like the Lord is just like shaking us all and you're, you know, getting back. I think before there's a sweet spot, there's, I mean, my goodness, going back to my golf analogy, I had seven horrible, <laughs> horrible first, first uh, uh, drives. And, and, and all of a sudden on the eighth one, boom, there it was. But I had somebody continually speaking in my ear telling me, correcting me, this is what you need to do, alter this, change this. And I listened, I surrendered to what he was trying to tell me, and there it was. So my favorite line in the book, uh, your book, um, page 76, uh, my takeaway from the the book, he's talking about in that sweet spot, or you're talking about, in, in that sweet spot, when you choose to depend on God's guidance and provision, your most important activity is to lean into God. Keep listening, expect clear instruction. And, and that whole concept, that idea, has uh, that imagery of leaning into God, I've, that's kind of been a core uh, uh, principle in my life these last nine, ten years, is leaning into Him. Uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's I'm straight out of James chapter 4, uh, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you, son of a gun. That's a that. What a deal that is! If you draw near to God, He's going to draw draw near to you. So um, that's a that's a a, prom, a promise. Yeah. So what's next? I mean, if you wrote <laughs> this prayer a year ago, what are you working on? You, are you are you that far along in the next book? Well, well thank you for asking. Um, I have uh, well, first of all, worth saying this is from Multnomah. This book is from Multnomah. The same folks who twenty years ago. Uh, published the book, The Prayer of Jabez, yeah. which is which is a whole different kind of view. Jabez was, expand my territory, give me more, God. And I think these days was like, no lie, God, let's give me what I can handle. Give me the, what's right for me. Don't give me more territory. Give me my sweet spot. So um, I've talked with the publisher and the edit- my editors about that, and they kind of like, yeah, this is where we are today in, in 2020. Um, but The Prayer of Agar is kind of this obscure prayer that I found and I had some fun with. And I'm looking at two other prayers in Scripture that are probably that are better known, but might make great sequels. One would be the prayer of Stephen, mm-hmm. which is that great moment when the first martyr, he has just taken to task all these uh, Pharisees with a big long speech on on how they've been blowing it for decades and centuries, and then uh, and then they stone him. Yeah, and he says, uh, uh, "Well, God, uh, forgive them." Uh, which is the prayer of uh, the, the prayer of Stephen, and then uh, who's holding the coats? Who's the who's the guy holding the coats while Stephen's being uh, just this this quirky little guy in the back holding the, the cloak garments of the of the passerbys and the viewers? And is is Saul, who not long after that turns into Paul and writes the New Testament? So um, the prayer of Stephen would be about that moment in time when. Uh, when when the when the the first martyr is stoned and and somehow leads to uh, the New Testament being written, so that'd be interesting. Thing. Don't don't steal that idea. I won't. No, no. <laughs> and the other would be the prayer at Gethsemane, which everybody knows and mm-hmm. it's been written about before. But that prayer of Lord uh, God, take this cup from me. Uh, Father, Father, mm-hmm. take this cup from me. Oh my! But not my will, but yours be done. Wouldn't that be a great prayer? So. Um, so the prayer of forgiveness that Stephen kind of models that leads to the explosion of the church and then uh, Jesus' prayer, which he models for us. Um, mm-hmm. 
Jesus models things that we can do. We can say, we, it's okay to say, Father, take this crud from my life. But you know what? Not my will, but yours be done. So there you go. Again, yeah. um, uh, it's fun to think about these kind of things and uh, make scripture, as we've said already, the Bible applies to your life. Son of a gun. Yeah. Isn't that an amazing concept? It's not just this book of mythology or, uh, or uh, history. It's a book that applies to, well, at least my life, Robert. I hope it applies yeah. to yours as well. <laughs> it does. It's like reading the newspaper. It, yeah. you know, it's that current and up to date and very yeah. applicable for Or tonight. maybe even better reading today's mail, a mail that you got from a good friend that says, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Manna, thank you for your time. And I want to encourage the listeners to go out and find the book. And there's a lot of places where they can get it, but it's brand new. It's just out and it's a a perfect read and and pass it along to your friends. I very much appreciate you sending me the book. I've enjoyed reading it. And uh, I'm I'm still, I'm I'm a meditator. So I'm I'm meditating on those thoughts and that's not going to I, I write things down, what I glean, and I make a list too. I'm, I'm a collector of, of lists. I'm just like okay. <laughs> this guy here. So uh, I'm uh, I'm be thinking on that prayer because that is definitely a totally different prayer than uh, uh, we most of the prayers you you hear today. Not to not I'm not that I'm anybody's prayer judge. I don't mean that, but it's just totally wow. That's that's really different. <laughs> so, well, Robert, I, um. I think we may have introduced this character, Agar, to some folks today. And I love that idea. And uh, let's talk again, you and I. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate your, appreciate your, uh, your ministry and your passion and uh, the way you, uh, you do life. Uh, keep at it, my friend. Keep at it. Yes, sir. You do the same. And I look for you. I want to visit with you again. I thank you for your time. For those of you who are tuned in, we'll be back here uh, probably next week. We're taking a little a leisurely summer here. So it's almost used to be every Monday morning. And we're just kind of, as God brings conversations to the table, as he, and I know that he will continue to do that. I pray for uh, uh, you to have a, a wonderful summer in spite of everything going on, folks. And thank you for being with us. Be listening for those words every Monday. Uh, Party of Redemption, your table is now available. Until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks again, Jay.